Hello, I'm Ryan Baker. And I'm Justin Woodbury. Welcome to the Beloved Son Podcast, where we explore our identities as sons and daughters of God the Father. On today's episode, we'll be sharing our top five favorite books that have been inspiration for us. We hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Man, I'm pumped for this. I've been looking forward to doing this for two weeks, Justin. Two whole weeks. Yeah, man. Crazy. Yeah, this is great. Um, yeah, welcome, everyone, to the Beloved Son Podcast. Um, yeah, today we're going to be sharing our top five uh, favorite books, things that we've just been reading um, either recently or in the past that have just really helped us, informed us, um, and we want to... Um, on this episode, we just want to provide you some of those things. Um, and also just to, yeah, sometimes, uh, when I was young or even like when I was in high school or college, anything like I didn't really like to read that much. Um, I usually, whenever there was a book that was written in a movie form, I totally would just not read the book and just watch the movie. I thought that was more entertaining. Classic. And, uh, yeah. So, but, uh, I mean, now my whole master's program is basically in just doing a lot of reading. So it's, it's grown on me and, uh, as a missionary too. So have some pretty insightful, insightful things and some great, there's some great literature out there, like spiritual books, fiction, nonfiction, um biographies all that stuff so so it's uh you know it's worth suffering reading and offering that up if it's not your favorite thing to yeah. do <laughs> yeah no that's guys that's a i think it's a good plug to make before we even dive into the five books that have kind of made a big impact on our lives it's just making a plug for reading in general reading is Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it might be one of those things similar to running where, I don't know, you just, you just absolutely don't want to do it, but it's so good for you. I mean, it's also just, a, I don't know, there's something very, because there there's audiobooks, which, which are great, especially if you're on a run or you're in the car or whatever it be, and there are a lot of movies, like you said, and films are great as well, but there's something very deep and contemplative about reading um, that you can't really replace or replicate. So I've, yeah, I've not only learned so much from reading, but I feel like I've heard a lot of God's voice through books I've read. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I think it's good, like you said, make a little plug for reading before we even dive into this. Yeah, definitely. And I also would like to, uh, before we we get into that, um, yeah, I also just ask all of you, um, particularly uh, this week and just the the upcoming weeks, so as, as many as you know, I'm, I'm a campus minister um, at George Mason University. And um, yeah, just ask for your prayers for our campus um, with the recent uh, news with in the Middle East and, um, you know, just a lot of violence and war that's going on um, in Israel and Hamas. And just, yeah, our students are, there's just like a lot of, counter-protesting that's going on um and uh you know we're getting publicity for 
not good reasons, <laughs> um, you know, depending on how you look at it. But um, yeah, just ask for your prayers for the students, uh, particularly in the, the, um, the Muslim community and the Jewish community, um, that there just may be peace um, and that, yeah, the Lord's, the, the Lord's peace may be brought, brought upon that campus because, um, yeah, there's just a lot of spiritual warfare going on. Um, so, yeah, just want to mm. ask for that prayer request. Yeah, de- thanks for that, Justin. We'll definitely be praying. And, yeah, I mean, George Mason's awesome. Super, super, super diverse campus, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so just hoping, yeah, more peace, good conversation stems from that because it is. I mean, it's one of the um, – yeah, she's one of the most diverse and diverse schools in the country. It's a huge emphasis on free speech for, for everyone, not just one group of people. I think the university does a pretty good job at that. Yeah. So um hoping that, <clears throat> yeah, justice and whatever it is. And, I mean, most importantly, the most important virtue is just love mm-hmm. uh, overflows and that good conversations yeah. and good actions come from all that. So, yeah. Dang. All right, man. All right, so here's the plan. My original plan was I just had all my books mumbled jumbled in a list of five, no particular order. Then Justin put his books in order, and I was like, oh, man, I can't have mine out of order if his are in order. <laughs> so I put mine in order as well, or tried to. I mean, this is hard to make. I, it's really challenging for me to like make a top five, but then especially to make <laughs> – to order them you from, just, from one to five is really You can just put them in different categories. Like, here's my nonfiction. Here's my spirituality. Here's yeah, my... Yeah. <laughs> we ain't got time for that. <laughs> then maybe another episode. Yeah. <laughs> so what the plan is is that we'll go back and forth. We'll share what the book is, who it's by, as long as I don't blank on the author, which I know... I think... I, yeah, I know all authors is. And then just give a little insight into like what the quick insight into what the book's about. And also what I'm looking forward to sharing is just like how the book had an impact on us or where we were at in our spiritual life at the mm-hmm. time. Um, so with that, we'll go, like I said, five to one. So five, obviously five doesn't mean this is our least favorite book. This is like the fifth out of our top five, like out of the Mount Rushmore. This is our fifth favorite book moving up towards one, which is like either our favorite book or the book that's had like the biggest impact mm-hmm. on us. So with that being said, Justin, would you like to kick us off with a little excerpt on your fifth favorite book? Yeah. So for my fifth, um, I put down The Return of the Prodigal Son by Henry Nouwen. Um, <clears throat> and by the way, we'll we'll probably put this in the show notes um, and, uh, oh, yeah, be and uh, so that you can refer back to these. Um yeah, so Return of the Prodigal Son. Um, this is a book that I started reading, I think it was my first year as a missionary. Um, might have been my second year. I think it was my second year. Because, yeah, I think in my time in my life, I I was getting very familiar with um, just kind of like the pace of life and COVID hit and then like all these things were coming up and just like wounds from the past. Um and I also was discerning at the time, discerning religious life. And so this is one of these books that I thought to myself, I was like, okay, great. Another, another commentary on the prodigal son. Like how many times we need to hear these things about like, 
oh like here's the son here's the here's the younger son here's the elder son here's the father right it's like okay great i got all that but anyway so i i think it was recommended to me and so um i started reading it and i think it was like during uh we were our team at the time was having like a morning recollection and so we spent like the entire morning in a church and we heard a talk from a priest and so um <laughs> so in prayer time i was just like reading this book and i literally could not stop reading it um because i think there was a lot of insights that henry now is just like a great author, great author um goes really really deep into the interior life and like into the life of prayer and the life of what it like how does god see you um so we got to the chapter i think it was a chapter on uh the father and how yeah like the father like we're called to be the father um in the same way if like he uh waits for his son to come back and so like there's like a longing in his heart where he's like almost in a way it's like i like i need it's like i want my son to come back but it's also it's like in a way like he was still fathering him even when he was when he wasn't there and um it was just like so it was so impactful for me and um yeah i just re- i just remember like reflecting a lot on just like cuz i think it's easy for us like we we all like kind of picture ourselves or like see a part of ourselves as like being the younger son who goes off squanders the inheritance um and even like also with the elder son who stays back stays loyal to his father works works out in the in the field and you know he comes and sees that his father throws his party for his for his brother who basically told his dad like you know you're dead to me give me your inheritance and so like the jealousy you can kind of imagine the jealousy comes up in the in the brother's heart and he's like he's like father like how come you haven't thrown me apart you know how come you haven't done these things for me you know so it's like that that experience with the elder son seeing his younger son getting getting celebrated it's kind of like a wound for him you know um so i think it's like we can see we can see our lives like between those two brothers but sometimes it's not as easy to see it with the father and so I thought that was very impactful for me and that just really spoke mm. to a lot of things that were going on in my life where I, yeah, I needed that greater call to live out my life with the father and like how I'm called for how I'm called to that. So yeah, it's great. Dude, that's awesome. I got to read that book. I have, <clears throat> that's, I think it's 90% positive. It's on my bookshelf that I'm looking at right now, but I have not, have not read it yet. Heard literally amazing things about it. Read excerpts mm. from it. So there you go. Let's go. Speak, speaking of Prodigal Son, quick, 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 quick story. Yesterday I was watching a video by Chris Stefanik and he or Stefanik and he was explaining how um, I'd never heard this before, but rabbis, like the Prodigal Son, was actually like a known story that they would tell, and that, but but the story that the 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 Jewish rabbis would tell was that when the son came back, the the father took the pig's food, put it on the ground, and said, "This is this is how I see you now." And like, so it was basically like a, a fear tactic of like, if you stray away, the father sees you as 
nothing basically like the worst of the worst and so when jesus were to start telling this story that that the jews would know the story he's saying and then he adds this massive twist at the Mm. end which is so cool dang and i'd never heard that before so let's go for the prodigal son let's go man justin's fifth favorite the prodigal son cool all right my fifth favorite book had to put this on here um rome sweet home by scott hahn I absolutely love Scott Hahn and very, for those of you that have listened to other episodes or, um, or don't know, I converted to Catholicism two years ago. I grew up in the Protestant faith and got more involved in my faith in college in non-denominational churches. And so ended up having a big, big shift <laughs> to Catholicism my junior year in college. And Scott Hahn had a huge impact on that, just his podcast i'd eat up any podcast that he was on and whatnot and i was like all right i gotta i gotta read rome sweet home like his his conversion story and so what i did is i ended up getting this is this is one i actually did get an audiobook for and i'd listen to it when i was driving um but it was just, it's very sentimental um nothing massively spiritual from this book it was just like a very sentimental book from I mean, a sentimental character to me, Scott Hahn, who had played a huge, huge impact on my conversion. And the book itself kind of putting, piecing together his conversion story and his wife's conversion story. It's just a, a beautiful book, but then also just the title, Rome Sweet Home. And I, I heard a, a recent, soon-to-be convert from the Protestant faith that was on Pines with Aquinas. Um, it said something like, you know, when you decide to, because everyone always says, oh, like, Rome, sweet home, like, come home to Rome and whatnot. And he was like, you know, when you convert to Catholicism, you feel like you feel like people have been waiting on you your whole life. Like, I was like, that is so true. It's like, I can't even explain to you how cool and just amazing it is to be Catholic. It is. It, it feels like saints and angels and it's just so many different people within heaven and on earth have been, like, waiting for you. It's like this return home. And you're finally home. So just a very, very sentimental book to me. Nothing nothing too crazy spiritually. I just thought it was just a great witness of his his strength through his conversion, even though it was causing a lot of causing a lot of like hardships in his life and in his marriage. Um, and then just this aspect of coming home, you know. Wow. Yeah. That's that's awesome. There's always someone that's waiting for you to come home. Exactly. Dude, so many people pray. <laughs> yeah. Now Scott Hahn's a great, great author. Um <clears throat> he's got a lot of he's got a lot of things on like different teachings of the church, especially on the Eucharist. Um Yeah, I gotta read more of his books. I got more of his books on my yeah. shelf. But I feel like it's one of those things you gotta take it take it one one book at a time. <laughs> he just he just he just yeah. goes he goes real deep into it. So Yeah. He does. He knows his stuff. All right, Justin, what's your four? All right, number four. Let's see. We got oh, gosh. So, C.S. Lewis, you know, my guy. He is just so good. Um, and this is actually a hard one because, um, the first C.S. I mean, the first C.S. Lewis (laughs) book I ever read was actually the Chronicles of Narnia, um, the Mm -hmm. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. So, but actually, my the the one book that I read more seriously, um, actually, that's not true. The book that 
that I started reading from him outside of Chronicles of Narnia was Mere Christianity. And mm-hmm. I kind of have to dig, kind of dig a little bit um, to like when I first started reading this. I think, uh, gosh, when was it? Um, probably senior year of college, maybe. Okay. Um, but that was kind of like in the time of my life where, um, I really started to take my faith more seriously and I kind of rid myself like all distractions. So like in my life, it's like, you know, was kind of putting myself on a dating fast, um, you know, wanted to prepare myself for the next chapter in my life, like being off a missionary leaving from college and um, just like from talking with people that weren't Catholic or didn't have like a Christian background. Just anyways, I was just like trying to get some more insight on like how to have these conversations or like how to like approach these things. And so um, someone, you know, someone's like, well, have you uh, read C.S. Lewis? And I was like, yeah, I've read the Chronicles of Narnia. And then they're just like, yeah, he's written more books than just the Chronicles of Narnia. I was like, (laughs) Oh, okay. And so there's like they gave me this bunch bunch of stuff like screw tape leathers, mere Christianity, um, abolition of a man. Um that's what it's called, right? I'm not sure. I haven't heard about yeah. that one. Um it's one of those books. But anyway, so um so I I started reading Mere Christianity and it was just like this is very eye opening to me. Like he was he was explaining things that like um I've like heard of before and, and just like to know, it's like CS Lewis and he was Anglican. He's like, wasn't Catholic. Um, but he was like pretty, like sp- almost, almost spot on. Like <laughs> it's like yeah. crazy. Yeah. He was on it. He was on his way home. Yeah. Tomorrow, yeah. As people will yeah. say. So, um, yeah. Mere Christianity. Uh, if you're someone who was raised Catholic or someone who's just newly Catholic or even just like trying to like, getting into like the basic fundamentals of what it means to be a Christian. Um, highly recommend C.S. Lewis's mere Christianity. It's just, he, he goes really into it and he kind of like brings it into like this poetic, um, uh, poetic genre. It's like, it's just really, really impactful. Um, so anyway, that's number four for me. That's awesome. It is the abolition of man <clears throat> by C.S. Okay. Lewis. Just looked it up, but also I I began reading um. Oh, I began reading Mere Christianity when I was in this like crisis, you know, and, like I don't know, Satan will just start. I've like grown more in the spiritual life now, where I don't let Satan annoy me as much. <laughs> We've had those times where Satan just has you like guessing as if even God exists, and you're like gaslighting yourself, like what is going on in my interior life right now? <laughs> let me like look up Thomas Aquinas's Five Proofs or Mere Christianity, and so I I dug into Mere Christianity when I was in one of those random crises yeah. um it seems like an awesome book and to your point he he says like this this book like i don't know how he words it but it's like it's not just written for like roman catholic or for mm. anglican or yeah. for he lists all these different denominations mm. um which i think is a valid point it doesn't have to be written from like a mere catholic perspective and there's a modern i mean <laughs> i'll make a plug for him but he actually did just convert to catholicism Cameron Bertuzzi is kind of like a modern day C.S. Lewis and his his YouTube channel capturing Christianity. That's his goal is to have like a modern form of C.S. Mm. Lewis mere Christianity where just apologetic arguments for the Christian faith in yeah. general. And this guy was like very just like C.S. Lewis, like mere Christianity 
and now he actually did convert to Catholicism. So I, you know, not trying to be obnoxious. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I would have I would have made this plug if he didn't convert to Catholicism, but he actually legitimately just converted to Catholicism. Wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he he went on Pines with Aquinas. He was chatting a lot with Scott Hahn mm. and I think Bishop Barron. What's his name? I, I th- I, Cameron Bertuzzi. Okay. Um, actually, don't quote me on. I think it was Scott Hahn or Barron, one of the two or both. But he was on Pines with Aquinas a, a number of times, and then now converted Catholicism. And him and Matt Frad recorded a video out in Rome. Hmm. Uh, very, very cool. Very nice. cool. So, but he he's trying to keep his YouTube channel just capturing Christianity, oh, even nice. though like just a, yeah, like a mere Christianity type of thing. Sweet. So. Yeah, man. All right. My four, me and Justin just had a nice talk about this book before we hopped on the podcast. This book is quite controversial <laughs> in the Christian world. Also just quite controversial in the world. Go ahead and look up its Amazon reviews. Uh, but number four is Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. That's I feel the like best. every Christian man, <laughs> every Christian man has probably either read or heard of this book or classic wild at heart thing is when you ask people have you read wild or have you heard of wild at heart like yes have you read it everyone has like bought it hasn't but then like started it and never finished it yeah it hasn't finished it or has only read a little bit of it i've never experienced a book like that (laughs) people like everyone has it everyone knows everyone's got an opinion about it but (laughs) not a lot of people have read the whole thing crazy (laughs) so this book i used to be uh, so it's got sentimental aspect and spiritual aspect to it in my life. Um, I heard about this book from the first time from one of my best friends when we were out golfing, like maybe our freshman or sophomore year in college. I remember when he described the book to me, I was like, what? Um, he was explaining God as, you know, God is a wild God, and it explains, like, our nature as men. I wasn't really ready for that. I was a little, yeah, I don't know about this whole raw, raw masculinity jazz at the time. <laughs> Um, and then heard about it again once I started getting involved at George Mason's Catholic Church, like one of my first meetings with some guys, they were talking about it. Some of them were reading it. Hmm. Um, I, it used to be available on YouTube for free. You could just listen to it, which was probably illegal and it probably got taken down. I think, <laughs> I think I, well, just read it on YouTube. I think there's, I think there might be. I think you could still listen. It might to still it. be up. Yeah, because I was, I was just. Listening All right, maybe to it. it is. Yeah. Okay, maybe it is still up, and maybe John Eldridge allowed it to happen. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh. So I was listening. I remember I, I finally was like, "All right, I'm gonna listen to this book." And I was listening to it in the car, and it really just. I mean, it was a time where I, I don't know. I think it was kind of like a darker time in my life, struggling with a lot of things, and it really called me out of myself. Mm. Um. Th- there's something definitely deep about. Um. I don't know when you just hear like because John Eldridge has a very adequate he's a counselor psychologist I don't know what his credentials are but he's a counselor and he's very adequate anthropology which just means like study of man like how was man and woman mm-hmm. made um and like what yeah what are like the the differences in man and woman and, and what what calls us alive like you can say what you want about his theology but he is a very adequate anthropologist anthropology and 
it just called me out of myself. And I was just reading the first couple chapters. And then like everybody else, I stopped reading it <laughs> for like the longest period of time. And then last year, I was going through this process of just really exploring myself as a man, trying to figure out what I, who I was, what I was created for, and end up getting a physical, being gifted a physical copy and um, reading the whole thing. And it was just great. I mean, it, there's so many different gems in there where you're just like, dang, like this puts words to something I couldn't describe as a man. Mm. Um, and so it, it's not just like, oh, yeah, we were created wild and we do crazy things. It like gets to the core of the masculine heart. Um, we could do a, a whole episode explaining that. Um, but for time's sake, I won't. But I, I will say I, I love this book. Do I agree with everything John Eldridge says theologically? Like, no, <laughs> but but he he understands deeply the heart of man. And mm. if, yeah, if you're a guy, I think it's like a must read, mm. especially if you're someone that's just kind of struggling in this world. You books like this will kind of like shake you and wake you up. I, 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 I really like this book. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I have a, I have a group of guys that, um, uh, we're doing like a book study on wild at heart and, um, yeah, r- like, like Ryan said, I mean, a lot of people have different opinions on it and, um, depending on how you're looking at it, how you're reading it, um, you can you can it's so easy to kind of be analytical and be critical a little bit of um how john eldridge approaches this but i do think there is some value there is a lot of there's good stuff in there and he really just kind of brings things he kind of brings things to the surface and i don't know if this is an intention but this is how i've been i've been reading it's like um things on like the questions of why 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 do i act the way i act right um, right, right. like things about like masculinity and just like things from the past. And, um, and there's also even like a video series, I think that he does on YouTube with, um, um, some of the guys from, from other like wild at heart groups and they share their testimonies and like about their lives. And it's just real, I don't know, just like, like reading the book and then listening to the videos, it, it kind of brings things to life a little bit. And it like, yeah, I don't know. I think it is very valuable and I think that there is some there are some aspects of it I think that guys are just not used to talking about or um, maybe are uncomfortable with the the way that he approaches it but I think it's still good and it's like something that's yeah. worth uh, to be reading on so yeah dude amen yeah. big plug for John Eldridge alright Justin what is your three? number three alright here we go uh, number three. Ooh, here we go. Lord of the Rings. Um, all right. Let me let me make a confession to this one. Um, <laughs> I have not finished reading <laughs> uh, the Fellowship of the Ring, but okay. um, I am a big fan. Just like it's probably my favorite one that I like that I like to read. Um, that's not a direct spiritual book, um, but it's it just you know gets me a little bit it's like gives me another thing um because i don't really think a lot when i read it i just kind of read it and let the story unfold um yeah Yeah, yeah. so you know i don't want to spoil it for people because if you haven't read lord of the rings or i I mean at least okay like i said i i've watched the movies first so i didn't read the book first right right but it is it is just so good 
um, it the book itself just explains more. It gives more of the backgrounds of each character, like Frodo, um, and it gives a lot about Sam. <laughs> uh, Samuel, yeah. So, um, and it's cool. just great. So, yeah, Lord of the Rings. If you uh, start, I, I would I would start reading in order. I know some people like to go out of order, like to just go to The Hobbit or something. Um, well, The Hobbit was before Lord of the Rings. Yes, technically. technically. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah. Technically. But yeah. anyway, it's a good book. Dude, sick. J.R. Tolkien. My teammate Colin is reading Lord of the Rings. Start to finish right now. Shout out to Colin. He's a huge fan. I, I actually had never seen Lord of the Rings and watched The Fellowship of the Ring at home before I came to Coast Guard. And then me and our team watched watched all of Lord of the Rings. And I, I do I freaking love this yeah. book. Um or sorry, this book. I haven't read the book, but this movie. Particularly Aragorn or Aragorn, how I pronounce his name. Mm. Absolutely love that guy. I think he's an amazing depiction of Saint Joseph. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. His warrior spirit. He's super romantic. Super like, I don't know, he just he portrays like all of the virtues in my opinion. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. No. He's he's so good. There's like a lot of a lot of background on him and um how he's like a big big father figure um to Frodo and to the fellowship. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's great. Dude. And he just ah speaking of like heart of men, like and you ah, even in the movie you see as guys were just always afraid of messing up. We have this like huge fear of messing up. And he like you see that in him too. Ah, oh, gosh, I love him. <laughs> All right, yeah, like everyone's got to go watch that or read it. I'll read it to you eventually, maybe. I'll let you borrow my book. All right, <laughs> I'll just steal Colin's <laughs> while he's reading it. LOL. I don't know if Colin listens to these. I should. He'll hear us talking about him. He wants to come on the podcast, by the way. We gotta get Colin dude. Let's go, here. man. Yeah, we gotta, gotta get, get some Colin people on here. here. I know. Amen. Um. All right, number three. I put on here "Fill These Hearts" by Christopher West. Nobody's really heard, nobody's really heard of this book. There was a girl at Focus training this summer in Nebraska during our like talent show type of thing, um, and, and she was. A lot of times we do something goofy up there. It's just kind of funny, but she was actually really performing and like showing her, um, like her 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 ability as a musician and, and showing us um, the transcendental virtue of beauty. And she wrote she wrote this song, like her own song um about beauty and <clears throat> she when she was explaining the songs like when she was talking about how she was reading fill these hearts i was like oh my gosh somebody else has read that book and i, I it, a i think it's just good but then b i think it just hit home because of the time i was reading it it was just after my conversion and <clears throat> it helped me understand so much not of like okay um not only it basically explained and put into practice so much that of like our desires being good and that like life is not just about not sinning it's about actually like fulfilling our desires with 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 truth beauty and goodness and just flooding it with truth beauty and goodness and christopher west does not shy away from that i'm sure if anyone's heard his videos or podcasts or read his books he does not shy away from like replacing the bad with the good um and particularly i think in this in this book, he talks a lot about God as like an erotic lover, which will make a lot of people, well, it'll make guys very uncomfortable. <laughs> and yeah. he just does not shy away from that, just like John Eldridge. Mm -hmm. And 
that that was awesome like understanding god not only as you know agape love filial love but as an arrows type of love that he has for us this book just like so much clicked while reading this book and also he explained the whole like pendulum that saint saint augustine talks about where there's let's say like imagine a you you have like a lot of people let's say great saints right just like on fire for the lord striving for virtue and they're like they're at the top of this mm-hmm. view at one end of this mm-hmm. view on the other end of the view you have like great sinners who are very passionate very on fire but they're very on fire for sin and the wrong things. oh yeah but then what's actually fascinating is that these passionate sinners are actually very close to god because like they they notice the desires of their hearts and they're they're fulfilling them just filling them with with bad things and all it takes is the slightest bit of shift you see some of the most passionate sinners become some of the greatest saints. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so true. And then unfortunately, at, at the base of the U, you have a lot of people that are just kind of lukewarm, not really passionate about anything or especially about the faith. And so, <laughs> you know, kind of like, yeah, I mean, do we want people passionately sinning? No. But the fact that, yeah, somebody who's a passionate sinner, especially, you know, St. Augustine himself admits that, the slightest shift, and next thing you know, they're like one of the most on-fire saints ever. Mm. So, love that. That is good. Okay. I have to write that one down. What's it called? Fill, fill yeah. these. Fill these hearts. Fill these it, hearts. It's very, um, it's like a theology of the body, but very, you know, I don't know what differentiates. I'd say what differentiates it from like his other TOB books is just like it's a lot about desires, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. Man. So. That is so good. Yeah. Christopher West, yeah. man. Got to give it to him. Um, yeah, T.O.B., Theology of the Body. There's so much you can go into that. Um, he has all yeah. these classes that he does and these conferences. And, um, yeah, I highly recommend you look into those. Those are. Yeah, even just his YouTube videos. Yeah, so good. there you go. Free. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay. All right, number two. Number two. All right, I put down Walking with God uh, by Tim Gray. I've never heard of this and one. And Jeff Cavins. You, you know why? You know why you probably haven't heard of it? Is it brand new? <laughs> mm, not really, no. Um, I, <laughs> Is it like super long? <laughs> no. Uh, it's, uh, so it's it's one of my, one of my assigned books required readings for uh my class um for the augustine institute um it's just yeah it's just a really good book um it's it gives it it kind of not kind of it gives a more explanation on salvation history um from genesis um from and it and it kind of follows the timeline of of the uh great adventure bible um from that uh father mike schmitz and um jeff came yeah ascension yeah yeah. um so yeah it kind of just it breaks down a little bit more of the um kind of the themes of salvation history the covenants the uh the exile um the exodus i'm not going in order obviously um and the patriarchs and all that so yeah it's just a really good book um it's not it's not that long it's really not that hard to read um it, it just gives a, a, a greater explanation of, you know, these different events that happened and like how God um, stays faithful to Israel and his people 
um even and then just like um i like the um <laughs> you know my uh <laughs> my professor may may disagree with me on this <laughs> but i think it's just like a really good it's oh, no. it's just a really uh it, it just really paints a, a good picture of um if you're someone who uh you know has heard of salvation history before like studied the old testament um it, it just really kind of summarizes maybe gives like a, a better um breaks down things a little bit easier to digest because you know in in scripture there's just like a lot of things to take in a lot of um a lot of things to to read through um that you wouldn't really not you wouldn't really um get the first time so um walking with god uh by tim by timothy gray and jeff cavins um that's a really good one if you're looking to further your knowledge on the old testament salvation history um yeah, it's just a, it's a really good book. So, there you go. Sweet. That sounds. I mean, that I, I was just talking with a student about that today. Of, um, yeah, like leave, leave it to the theologians, right? Where we read through scripture in X, Y, and Z, and then and then they pull out these gems. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like I've read that verse fifty times. I never realized that. Or I read that passage fifty times. But you know, they're they're the ones studying all the background, the history, the mm-hmm. culture, the language, and they. Oh gosh, it's yeah, so cool. and 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 I mean, I'll just say it again. Like, I mean, it's, you know, it's. It, I would say it's like a it's a beginning of understanding or going deeper um, into salvation history. Obviously, there are so many other books out there that kind of go into more of um, specifics, like with the Abrahamic covenant, the Noahic covenant, and uh, the Davidic covenant. Uh, those things are there's more. Right. Obviously, there's more. <laughs> there's more that you can go. Um, you can go deeper into, right. but um, this book has been very helpful for me. Um, and just like you know, if people have like questions on just like you know why, what, what is, what, what's the difference between like the covenant that God gave to Abraham and then the God and the covenant that God gave to to Moses, you know? Um, so that's yeah, just a good one. Cool. Nice yeah. man. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. My number two, I decided to go with Men, Women, and the Mystery of Love by Dr. Edward Sree. My so, guy. Dr. Sree, my boss. Is he your boss? And I thought Curtis Martin was your boss. I guess, I don't know if they're both our boss. They're up there. But I think Dr. Sree is actually more closely my boss. Cause I think he's like. What is he? The director of apostolic outreach or something? I don't know, man. You work for you no, work. Technically, for is more <laughs> something like that. <laughs> I don't know, something like that. But oh man, this book, uh, like all of them, spiritual aspect, then a lot of sentimental aspect. So I think I, I when I shared my testimony, I think I shared this. But um, so I was in nursing school. So my junior year of college, going through my conversion going through RCIA, now OCIA. Um, it's going through my conversion process in nursing school and so doing clinicals and everything. But it was during this time where in the wintertime I was having this crisis of, I don't actually know if I'm going to go through with this whole confirmation jazz. Um, or or like what I would do is like, okay, maybe I'll, I'll go forth with this, get confirmed, but like I don't believe all this stuff about Catholicism. I'm not going to live all this out. Um 
And so, I mean, now I look at, okay, yeah, it's a huge time of spiritual desolation. Satan was definitely just trying to keep me away from the church, as he does. Like, whenever somebody's preparing for sacraments, he loves to try to dive on in there. But he, um, yeah, praise God that he did not keep me from the church. Anyways, this book played a huge role in that because I was at clinical for nursing school one day, and this young female nurse I was assigned to work with had just graduated from Catholic University of America hmm. and was recently engaged and everything. Um, we'd had a train wreck of a shift, classic nursing jazz, and um, we like sat down to have like a quick snack slash lunch, and she was telling me about, uh, I don't know, anyways, different things came up in conversation. And then she told me about how she was just at CUA and that, like, this book, Men, Women, Mystery of Love, had a huge impact on her her journey of the faith there in college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. And I was like, so what I did is the next day, I didn't order the book, but I went on YouTube, watched the um, watched the YouTube of Dr. Shree giving this talk at Seek, which, you know, let's make a plug for Seek. If you're a college student, sign up for Seek. Um, we're not getting paid for this. I wish just we go. Don't think about it. <laughs> yeah, just go. Just go. And um, anyways, so I watched the YouTube video of his presentation at Seek, and I was just mind blown. Everything everything started to make sense to me because I think it was the first time that, like, th- through, through the relationship of men and women, I've seen that, that, like, this act of love between man and woman, everything else in the faith started making sense to me. So, like, understanding God as a loving God and a relational God started making sense. And so all the aspects of the Catholic faith started making sense because I was looking at the, looking at it all through the lens of love. Um, Dr. Sri, this book is based on Love and Responsibility by Carol Watiwa, um, Pope St. John Paul II. So he basically brings love and responsibility down to down a level for us more to, because love and responsibility is very philosophical. So this book, I mean, just... I, I can't even explain to you the impact it had on my life, not only in, in terms of my like, romantic relationships, mm. but then also in my un- ability to understand God as a loving God and for everything else to kind of seep down from the intellectual aspect of RCIA and learning down to the heart. So, oh my gosh, this book is just absolutely amazing. But then also as well, I did end up reading it. I got it for me and my now girlfriend, Jane, and we read it together. And <clears throat> it was amazing to actually like, read the book fully. Mm. Um, yeah, can't say enough good things about this book. Highly recommend to literally anybody, um, but especially if you're high school, college age, young adult, especially if you're in a relationship. I think this book is like one of the best things you can hmm. read. Dang, I should have probably read that before Emily and I started dating. <laughs> Whoops. Well, we're going to get married Whoops. soon, so, you know. Yeah, dude. Yeah. No? Never too. You read other late. things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Awesome. Men, women, mystery of love by Dr. Shri. Um, all right. Dude, I'm excited for you to read not only the title, but the author of this book, Justin. It's a great one. I mean, it's really just you know it's the best one ever. Um so my number one is The Bible by God. Wow just wow impactful um i've heard this one. <laughs> um you know I, it sounds cliche but i mean that is just that is my top um yeah it's it it really is just like reading at it reading the bible um 
more, I guess just more from like a, um, different, uh, different ways of reading it. You can read it from a literal sense, allegorical, anagogical, and, um, from a historical context. Uh, it's just, there's just so much to unpack. Um, but it's really had, it really has been getting me recently. Uh, I mean, just because I'm studying on it, but, um, yeah, there's just like a lot of historical contexts, um, and just the history of like humanity. I mean, how God, again, like how God, um, is, um, teaching us through his pedagogy and through his accommodation with man. And like, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, like, you know, I used to skip all the, all the, all the stuff of like the human genealogy of Jesus or the genealogy of, you right. know, the Adam to his son, Seth and all that. But honestly, like, do you read those? Because you're missing so much of like what that is doing and what is setting up for the rest of the old Testament, the rest of the new Testament, even. Um, and just like even scripture itself, it's just like, it all comes to life. It just, ah, it just unfolds mm. for you. If you like actually just sit there and like, you know, take the, take the diligence of reading through scripture. Like if you're not reading scripture, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, it's just like, <laughs> honestly, what are you, what are you uh, doing? Like for me, it's just like, dang, why didn't I do this? Like, I don't know, 20 years ago, but I couldn't read probably that long. Tell but uh, it's just, it's so good. So if you're not, like, I would just highly recommend read the Bible. Like, of all the books that we're saying here, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're saying here, you know, it's like, read the Bible. It's just, it's so good. It is, it's what we believe to be. Yeah. The inspiration word of God. Dude, amen. Amen to that. Amen to that. And this is so cool is the, it's like, it's, it's not like it is, it is alive. The God's word is alive. And so it doesn't matter if you've read John, John three sixteen fifty thousand times in your life. Like <laughs> it, it's the word is alive. So it's always going to hit different or something's gonna be brought up in your prayer if you read it every single day of your life. So mm. there's no other book like that. No other book is actually like literally alive. Yeah. So let's go. Yeah. Big plug for the Bible. Big plug. What's your number one? That's awesome, Justin. <laughs> My number one is not the Bible. Dang. Yeah. Okay. Which is really Do I need yeah, to really do I need to say again why you need to read the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> My number one is the catechism. No, it's not even the catechism either. I really messed up, man. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Dude, I'm a horrible Christian, honestly. <laughs> okay, you just, oh, you just became Catholic okay. like two years ago. So, yeah, yeah. It's like, any, that's that's my excuse. So my number one is not the Bible by God, and my number one is also not the catechism by the Catholic Church, but both of those are awesome. My number one is fathered by God by John Eldridge. Mm. So this is John Eldridge's, John Eldridge's, whatever, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, definitely not. His less, I don't know, it's not as popular as Wild at Heart. A lot of people haven't heard of it. I, I actually, I would, I recommend this book. I mean, they, they serve a different purpose. So I'm not saying like one is better than the other, but I think Father by God is I mean, excellent. It like every single one I've mentioned has has a sentimental and a spiritual aspect, but this one like a huge spiritual aspect. I would spend 
a chunk of my holy hours reading this book. It it basically we've talked about it before in the podcast, but it breaks down different steps of initi- initiation in the heart and life of man. Starting with like from yeah when you're an infant and when you're like a little kid, it's like the beloved son stage mm-hmm. when what your heart's desiring and needs is just to be loved. Like you're not <laughs> dude, we come out of our like mother's wombs and we can't do anything. Like we every need has to be given to us. And the same thing as a little kid, like, yeah, maybe you can like I don't know, put a spoon in your mouth, but there's nothing else you can do. There there's there's nothing for you to earn. Like the only thing in that time is just for you to be to be loved and to be good. And so it breaks down these different steps in, in the masculine journey and kind of like where we're where we've been wounded and how to heal from them. And so I spent so much time reading this book in my prayer last year and it was like abundantly mm-hmm. healing. And he also I mean he, he makes a plug for for men as warriors. He makes a plug for men as lovers and romancers and it's just it's it's so good. So good. Um, man, as always, me and Justin love to have a little technical difficulties and so we went a little bit too long and our video got cut off so but on the bright side we literally got all the way from five to one both of us and so i think this is an amazing time to end the podcast unfortunately it won't be with justin because we just got disconnected (laughs) um but thank you guys so much for listening it was a joy to share um share our top five books and what we prayed about before this is just that i don't know maybe a certain book a certain listener would hear a book, get curious about it, pick it up, buy it themselves, and God will be able to reach them through that just like he reached us. So as always, God bless guys, and I hope you have a good rest of the day. Peace out. Thank you guys so much for listening to the episode. As always, please like and share the episode with a friend. And go ahead and go on Instagram and give us a follow at the.belovedson. God bless guys.